Welcome to the Spurs News Podcast, your home for all things Tottenham Hotspur. Now, here are your hosts. Hello everybody and welcome to a new episode of the Spurs News Podcast. I am Sam. Uh, It's not a solo show, I'm not on my own. I do have someone I'm going to introduce in a moment, but I want to open the show by just saying... Uh, Matt's not going to be with us for a little while. Uh, Matt has had uh, changing work circumstances, which means timing-wise, he just doesn't have the time to record currently and also go to games, etc. And obviously, the guy's going to prioritise going to games, which I can't really blame him. Um, So, joining me on a full-time basis for the foreseeable future, it's the new co-host of the Spurs News Podcast, Uh, but Matt will return, don't worry. But... Step in, step on the super stub. You're here. You've arrived. I am contract negotiations with my agents and everything <laughs> went well, and I am here. Yeah, I sent you a bag of Haribo. Shut up, man. It worked though. Though the little jelly baby ones, it, was it good. did. It, it did work. See, if it if only I was in charge of signings for Tottenham Hotspur, right? Oh, we would have deals done. They would be early in the windows. Because yeah. I know what to do. I know how to get a deal done. Oh, I don't know if I've got time. Here's a bag of Haribo Jelly Babies. Oh, go yeah. on then. Yeah, I mean, go on, then. Go hey, on then. Mate, it worked for you. And you, yeah. know, you know what a superstar you are, Amazon boy. Well, you know. I still can't go over that. It still pisses me off. <laughs> I still don't understand how it happened. I was on like two podcasts the entire season. <laughs> well, I, I, th- I think what happened was they basically listened to a show. And they went, oh, okay, this is a Tottenham Hotspur show. We can't have the one that sounds like a farmer shagged a pirate and had a baby. So we need we need the one that sounds like he could actually be from, you know, London, innit? And with Matt not on that particular show, you were there and they, oh, yeah. I still can't go over it. Like, me and Matt were so excited. Like, oh, they're going to use a line from the podcast. Oh, it's going to be amazing. We told that, all our friends, podcast, all our family. Though, I believe that podcast was actually the one that you had off and it was me and Matt that did it. Yeah, because it was a be proper right. last minute dot com thing, and that's why. Hon- I jumped honestly, in. I don't remember because I was <laughs> so hurt and savagely destroyed that my voice wasn't on it. I just turned the show off, and that was it. I've never watched it again. <laughs> it was like the Tim Sherwood days. He just pressed the memory. It didn't happen. Yeah, I, I just yeah happen. the whole that whole Tim Sherwood. Do you know that cock womble? Speaking of Tim Sherwood. <laughs> I read an article by him yesterday, again, trying to take credit for Harry Kane. Now, uh, talk about revisionist history. Like This guy was a coach of like in the academy and stuff at Tottenham. And yeah. then somehow, I'm guessing, sucked his way to being the director of football. Or some sort of role there is behind the scenes. And to listen to him do this revisionist... Oh, all of these managers didn't rate him. I rated him. You know, I'm the I'm the one who kept him at Spurs. Like, oh, you're mate. My overriding memory of you with that academy team is basically berating them for not being men enough, yeah. and like shouting at them like, oh, I mean, just digging people out. I remember him. My favourite Sherwoodism. Keeping in mind, I remember him playing. He was the definition of a defensive midfielder. Yep. He once said that the worst thing to happen to English football was Claude Makélélé, because now now midfielders don't have a complete game. They think they can just be defensive or just be. Which is what he was. He literally was. He was a piece of shit. I just. My favourite memory, memory of him was going to one of those games where he infamously sat in the stands to get a better oh. view. The away fans singing Where Is Your Manager and pretty much the whole of White Hart Lane going, we ain't got a fucking clue. Yeah. <laughs> it was amazing. That was my yeah, highlight I, of his I entire just... tenure. Yeah. So awful. So, what a start like, to a podcast! Hey guys, what, I'm what back. What a start! Yeah, <laughs> what what an absolute. This is uh, yeah. I'm just gonna say this right now. This is kind of thrown together today. Um, I will try and get us a little bit more kind of, uh, in sync for next week. But basically, uh, I had the conversation with Matt yesterday. Um, so I had to call you, sort of say, "Hey, buddy," <laughs> and then I I had to enter the very strenuous negotiations with your agent, yep. aka wife and newborn. 
Yeah. Um, and finally, we got the deal done. We we found a time that we could do, and so it's now just all over the place. So I will it's say, thirty in the morning, but it's fine. We're doing it. Yeah, <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Uh, we are very drunk right now. No. Um. So basically, the uh, the show's got no bells and whistles this week. There's a intro theme. There's an outro theme. That's it, because I'm using like a ye olde laptop, a ye olde setup. Um, this is purely, holy crap, we need to put a show out. It's me and Stefan. Let's go! Let's do this! <laughs> um, so we've put Tim Sherwood to rights. I feel better about that. Who's next? AVB? I know you like him. Um, <laughs> something about that guy. I, I don't know what it was. Because like, my brother is a... a devout Tottenham fan and the reason why I'm a Spurs fan so we have a love-hate relationship over that but yep. my brother loved him like he went to a few games and he was just like oh the guy's so passionate he's like so into it like me I, I was a little bit kind of stepped back at that point because of the whole show everything that was going on at the club yeah and I, and I kind of like my overriding memory of AVB is we had this really great season but that really great season the whole tactic the whole kind of game plan was give it a bail. Yep. <laughs> because I love he, ABB, but I think that was my reasoning for it. He, in that season, Gareth Bell, right, was probably, for me, and in reality in the world, he was actually the best player. You know, Ronaldo and Messi, everyone was like, oh, da, 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 da. they were both in Spain and basically walking through defences in England, it is a different game. I'm not saying Spanish football isn't as good as English football. Please don't state that. But there is an element of the players are that little bit more protected in Spain because they want that kind of... They want to see goals. They want to see the skill. In England, we kind of want to see a guy get his leg broke. You know, We kind of want to see the guy... Oh, look at him kicking the ball around. Through. Look at him thinking he's all fancy. And some defender puts him up in the air. Crunch. The referee's like, stay down, bitch. Yeah. That's English football. So to do it, because there was a year Eden Hazard at Chelsea, I felt was the best player on the planet, because he was not just ripping teams apart. He was doing it in the Premier League, where people were trying to kick him apart. Yeah. So that season for Bale, under AVB, I think he was unplayable. He was phenomenal. Mm -hmm. And of course, he earned his move to Real Madrid off the back of it. But, you know, the whole season for me, I was like watching it, I was like, I don't know why people are loving this guy. So it's literally the tactic is give it, give it to Bale. Now, you can have the argument like we could for every manager ever appointed by Daniel Levy if he'd been given the players he then asked for. Maybe, just maybe, things would be different. Uh, I remember us trying to sign Moutinho in his prime. Do you remember? Yes. Deal's done. The deal's done. He's coming. Like, we finally agreed a fee. Oh, wait a minute. We finally agreed the fee and it's too late to register him. Oh, well. I mean, just like, it's like driving your head for a wall. You know, that's Tottenham's transfer policy. We're going to wait till the 11th hour to do the deal. And then we're going to do the deal that the club selling him wanted because they're the ones who hold all the cards. But no, we've left it too late. Oh, drats. You know, when Matinho finally signed for Wolves, I remember watching an interview with him where he was like, oh, yeah, like I was on my way. I thought, you know, I was a Tottenham player. I wanted to join. I wanted to work with AVB. And then, yeah. Speaking of AVB, again, and this is how random this show is today, he's a rally driver now. Yeah, he was last at Marseille, I think, and then he kind of went, nah, rallying. That's weird, isn't it? (laughs) Yeah. (laughs) I mean, if if only Tim Sherwood would become, like, I don't know, a bungee jumper or something without the bungee. It would work. <laughs> it worked for me. Yeah. Um, oh, so, uh, Harry Redknapp, yeah. up next. <laughs> this, this show's all over the place. I'll tell you what, let's talk about something crazy. Tottenham Hotspur have signed a player. Yeah! It is the January transfer window. As we record, it's the 26th of January, but on the 25th, the day before, Tottenham Hotspur signed a player. 25 days into a window. We'll circle back to that because, you know, what the f- for heaters going on there but we signed someone now Stefan I'm going to put you on the spot what's the name of the guy we've signed um Dwamji Dwamji wow Do- I, I need a one second I'm going to Danny Rose I'm going to Danny Rose it you're going to Danny Rose it see if you can Danny Rose it when he's done it phonetically of how to say it okay 
And whilst he Danny Roses it, I just want to say congratulations to Sonny, who has, in the last game, made his 350th appearance for the club, which also happened to be his 250th Premier League game. Not bad, is it? That's not bad. Um, I, his I form feel... this season isn't great, but he's <laughs> the, been The last form team maybe don't count, but yeah. Yeah, bless him. Okay, so I found his like introduction stuff. Oh, here we go. Are you ready? Let's have a look. Always. Born ready, mate. Uh, let's put that back. Very excited to be here. here we go. Oh, wait, here we go. Ready? Hi, guys. Anna Dunjuma here. Very excited to be here. Can't wait to Dunjuma. see you. Dunjuma. Dunjuma. Yeah. Yeah, what he said. Anyway, um, I believe it's this um, guy. pronounced Bergwine 2.0. Ah, see, you beat me to it. So you messaged me when this signing went through because because uh, I do the updates on the Facebook page, right? Typically, I'm kind of when I know something's imminent, um, I'm very fortunate to be around certain people who are very much in the know with the club, uh, journalists, etc. And so, although they can't tell me with any certainty, I do get a very good degree of yeah, it is done. It's just waiting for the announcement. So I then start to, like, I line something up, I line, like, the image and everything up, and then I'm waiting for it to be confirmed to hit post. Yeah. So uh, I, I work full-time, obviously, and I lined up this image, I wrote the post out, and it was just sat there, and I'm just kind of refreshing the, like, the Twitter feed of the club, you know, just kind of like, come on, announce it. I get a phone call, like a work call, and I'm on the phone for about 45 minutes. During that 45 minutes, they announce it. They literally announced it like one minute into my phone call and I've missed it. So I'm alerted to it when I check my phone. I see a message from you saying, uh, Bergwijn Light is signed then. Yeah. And I was kind of like, oh, balls. Um, <laughs> so so let's, let's kind of dive into that then because I think it's a discussion I've seen a few fans have. So I think we should as well. Um, this guy basically, for me anyway, replaces Bergwijn in the squad. Um Bergwijn uh, is a player I think all of us really liked. Um, yeah. His, you know, his impact off the bench against Leicester alone uh, made him kind of a cult hero-y That's uh, last David season. David goal against Man City. And, oh, yeah. yeah. The celebration, like, face. I still can't do it. Fingers, no, no, I can do quite. that one. I can do that one. I could never do that stupid deli one. Oh, that was easy. I could do the deli. Uh, I can't do the really? third one. Yeah. No, I'm sat here on a podcast doing it like you can't see this, but Mate, I'm, yeah, I'm doing I, the I double. Could not do that yeah. for love nor money. Like I saw Pochettino do it, and I was like, ah, oh. <laughs> like I'm young and I can't do it, or younger. Um, the thing that I, I kind of it's a weird one, and I will tell you for why. Antonio Conte last season made it quite clear he didn't want Bergwijn to go. He liked him, rated him, wanted him in the squad. Yep. But at the same time, he respected the fact the player was like, I want to go to the World Cup. I'm not playing. Son is in the form of his life. Harry's in the form of his life. I am not breaking into this team right now. Yeah, I need to go. Please sell me. And we did. And we got good money for him and etc. Everyone's happy. He's playing. He's, he said really good things about the club after leaving. Just, you know, uh, players were ahead of him that he couldn't, you know, he couldn't get past. So there's two two parts of this I want to talk to you about. First part, the guy we've signed now, the, the kind of like we've just you know got a lesser Bergwijn in after selling Bergwijn, how Tottenham of us. Yeah. What What are your thoughts on that? Because I look at it and kind of think to myself, well, you know, Bergwijn had to go because he wanted to go. Just you can't you can force people to stay, but I never think it's a good idea because they're never going to be as motivated. Yeah. Um. And obviously, he wanted to play at the World Cup, and it's kind of good that we didn't do that. But but this guy coming in, for me, he's actually coming in and is probably going to take the place in our kind of setup of uh, Brian Gill. Or Hill, I think it's pronounced. Mm-hmm. What are your thoughts on that? Because I'm a little bit torn, <clears throat> but at the same time, I mean, the guy's a bit of an unknown to me. So if he comes in and he has a hell of an impact, does really well, then you look at it and go, well done. <laughs> yeah. um, but at, at the moment, I'm not sure. What's your thoughts? So my, I've got two reactions. I had my initial reaction, yeah, which was, wow, we've just stolen a player from Everton who are possibly getting relegated. 
Yeah. And this is the level of player that we are now, in quotations, stealing. And it's the guy that Bergwijn kept out of the World Cup squad. Yeah. And I'm like, whoop-de-doo, brilliant, well done, how Daniel Levy and Spursy can you get? Yeah. And then I took my time and I looked into it and researched a little bit. And last season, the guy helped Villarreal get quite well in the Champions League, scored six goals. I think he's averaged a goal every three games or something. Yeah. And I'm looking at it and I'm like, Richarlison hasn't scored in the Premiership yet. Lucas yeah. Moura, I can't remember the last goal he scored in the Premiership and he's injured. Yeah. Sonny can't score pretty much in a brothel at this point. Yeah. And I'm like, a goal in every three, that's not a bad addition, actually. No. Man no. United have just brought a guy in on loan who scored two goals in an entire season for Burnley last year. Yeah. And I'm like, actually, to sign a forward player from Villarreal who has scored in the Champions League and he's yeah. a goal in a three, I'm like, as a player to come off, maybe to come off the bench and kind of give a bit of pressure to those forward players of, We've got another guy. Well, that that that's, like, that's actually oh, let let me interrupt actually. let me interrupt you there because that leads kind of perfectly into what I want to do. The second point, which is last season, I think we saw Sonny's best season for us in terms of Premier League goal return. Definitely, I mean he, he won mm-hmm. the Golden Boot. Um, but he, he some games last season he was unplayable. You know he was yeah. just phenomenal, and it, it was one of those times where a bit like with the Bale season, really, when he cut in on his foot, you knew it was. You knew it was going to curl in the corner. Yeah, he was hitting everything so sweetly and confidence. It was phenomenal. Now this season, you couldn't get a more stark contrast. And me and you have talked on this and talked on this. Me and Matt have done it on the podcast, but me and you, this is almost like a weekly conversation for me and you. Which is, I think what every the lineup that gets on? announced, yeah, every lineup, Son starting. How? Why? Yeah. What has happened to Son? Yeah. Like we watch a game because the thing is, it's all. I don't know about you, but it's like I watch him playing a game, and I'm almost in disbelief of how poor he is right now. Mm-hmm. And then, like, we get to the next game, like a few days later or like a week later, and like it's like my mind goes, "It's sunny. It'll be all right." You know, he had yeah, he's had a bad few games, but this one, this one's going to be the one. You know, because it's sunny. He's amazing. So in this game, he's going to be amazing again. Yeah. And so me and you seem to have this same conversation because when that game ends and inevitably he's not been this season for whatever reason, I mean, me and you have gone as far as alien abduction, um, you know, <laughs> just like what the hell's gone on? I Perhaps actually, he has I a twin. Say, this has yeah. reminded me actually, I read something this morning yeah. that I didn't know and I do wonder. Apparently, okay. apparently, this isn't quite as far-fetched as alien probing. No, okay. Um there are reports that apparently him and his partner broke yeah. up just before the beginning of the season. I didn't think and he was dating anyone. Apparently, it was a long-term partner. A, a long-time per, a long-time partner and him broke yeah. up beginning of the season. And he so, hasn't recovered. Now, I, I... I always thought... Sorry, just to interrupt. I always thought, because in interviews, he said football first, you know, family after. Because hmm. his dad's like a scary dude yeah and I watched that documentary of him on Amazon and that was only like from like two seasons ago or three seasons ago and he certainly wasn't dating anyone in that and you know he was pretty clear like no 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 I'm focused fully on football Mm. it could be the other way around of course he could now be getting laid for the first time in his life and that's why He's lost all that testosterone. He was going yeah. into the matches. Yeah, yeah. Gone. Yeah. Well, yeah. yeah. So we need to find the woman. Okay, Sorry, everyone. Every so Spurs relaxed? fan. Good times. <laughs> oh, frightening. I mean, uh, do you know what? If that was the reason, I'd almost go fair play, mate. Retire. <laughs> well done. <laughs> you were great for us. You deserve retire and enjoy it, my friends. Yeah. yeah. But no, that's um, what I wanted to ask you because I didn't know if he was dating or not. No, if that's, just, I, that's... that's just a story that's come out to try and people yeah. are trying to find out why. It, it yeah. does, I mean, that does feel almost as speculative as me and you going alien abduction, secret twin, evil twin, um, yeah. you know, space jam. He's had Remember his when, um, stolen for an intergalactic tournament. Yes, Jose yeah. spoke about Delhi's twin. It wasn't Delhi, yeah. it was Son. Yeah, <laughs> the whole time. Uh, it's Jose Mourinho's birthday today, by the way. Is it? Yeah. That's He's nice. He's an asshole. He's 60 today. 
That's um, nice, isn't it? Yeah. yeah. Or really it's well. also <laughs> it's also Bill Nicholson that would have been his birthday, a proper yes. Spurs legend. Now there's a Spurs legend. Yeah. yeah. Now what a man. Um so yeah, back to Sonny then. So uh crazy conspiracy theories aside, me and you actually kind of stumbled onto this earlier. We were talking about Bergwijn, we were talking about the fact we've now signed, and both of us kind of just went, oh, hang on. Last season, Sonny was phenomenal. Bergwijn was genuine competition for that spot, wasn't he? And he was biting at the bit because of the whole World Cup coming up and I need to get in the Dutch squad. Yeah, Yeah. he he was... Bergwijn was a good enough player that that was genuine competition, and Sonny was the best he's ever been. This Mm. season... With the greatest respect to Brian Hill, he is still a very young player and in the Premier League is still lacking that little bit of body strength, that little bit, perhaps that little bit of nous of how he can position himself, how he can make the most of his talent yeah. in the league. And Conte and, seems to be favouring him on the right as well to cut in a yeah, bit. Yeah, yeah. Well, I, I don't know whether that's because of Kulisevsky's injury, but I think you're right. I think you could be right. But there isn't but, a genuine competition for him. They're just, nah. you know... If Sonny if Sonny's fit, he starts. And and I've kind of I, I kind of joked a little bit the other day. Alistair Gold on Twitter said, "What does everyone think of the lineup?" And I said, "Well, to be honest with you, it feels like it's harder to get out of the team now than it is to get in it." Yeah, uh, and that's well, that's kind of my feeling. <laughs> yeah. Um, yeah. But also, you looked at the bench and you had Richie. And now Richardson is coming back from injury, so mm-hmm. he is bench get minutes, get minutes. He is coming back from injury. And and so I I kind of understand that, but to me I'm thinking if Rich is fully fit, there's just no way Sonny starts at the moment. There 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 just can't be. No. So if like, this guy I comes would change in, formation to make sure Richie starts instead of Son. Yeah. And I'm still not Richie's biggest fan. No, let's no, be honest. Not. No, and no, even I'm not. like he needs to start ahead of Sonny because Son needs. Remember he got dropped for Leicester and then came yeah. on and scored a hat-trick. Yeah. Scored a hat-trick, yeah. And everyone was like, oh, Son's back. Next game, yeah. awful. And it's yeah, like, like okay, he, sc- he scored needs... the other day and you could see like the fans, you could see the oh, players yeah. around him just being so relieved, so happy for him. And then it just it's like he can't build on it. Whereas in the past, it's like, oh, I've had a bad run, but now I've had one going off my shin sort of thing, and now I'm, I'm back. That was always the thing. We always said he's a confidence player. Like, as long yeah. as he's got his confidence, you yeah. know, that, the Burnley goal that got him the um, Pukas Award. Yeah, yeah, yeah. You know, that was pure that was the nuts. confidence of, I know I can run and score this. Yeah. Now, the ball could come into him. He could be the only person in the box... And he'd probably fall over a shoelace that he's not wearing. Yeah. You know? Poor yeah, bloke. No, you're, you're not run. Uh, do you know what I think makes it a little bit worse? I don't know if it makes it worse. I don't know if it makes me worse. But I love the guy. Like, yeah. I, Not just because of how great a player he is, because he is a great player for us, but he has got such an infectious, warm personality. I genuinely love the guy. Like, like he, I'm so proud that he represents our club. I am so delighted he plays for us. He's the sort of player, if he played for someone else, I'd begrudgingly love him, you know? Yeah. And and we got him. Do you know, the, the only player we've, I've, we've ever signed who I loved before we signed him was Robbie Keane. Yeah. And uh, uh, Robbie Keane, the day we signed him, mate, I, I was that's probably one of my happiest signings we've ever made. Not just because of his quality, but because... I watched him play for Ireland under twenty ones, and he did that celebration. You remember his like full yes. on springboard celebration, and like that was it. I was like, I love him. <laughs> I don't know who he is, but I'm in love. This is amazing. I think he was like playing for Coventry at the time, and then and then yeah. it was like Wolves, and then he just ended up at Inter Milan out of nowhere, and then back to Leeds, and then we signed him when Leeds, you know, went down the shitter. And my favourite thing, sell. one of my favourite things about Robbie Keane. I've always dreamed to play for this club. It's a dream come true. Yeah. Always dreamed to play for this club. Next one. Yeah. I've always dreamed to play every club. Yeah. I loved it. I loved it. <laughs> there, there is, there is an element of fun to that though, because Tottenham social media at one point went through a phase of whoever we signed needed to find some story or some connection. Yeah. I think they stopped doing that when we, the fans, started taking the piss horrifically. Like, we'd sign, like, some Georgian international. And we'd be like, oh, yeah, here he is, you know, Dimitri Popescu, who used to sit awake at night dreaming of playing at White Hart Lane, you know. 
absolute nonsense. <laughs> did he really? Absolute nonsense. But yeah. uh, did he fuck? But it was funny, and it made me laugh for a good few years. <laughs> yeah. Uh, but yeah, you're right. Yeah, Robbie Keane. I dreamt of playing for Tottenham my entire life. Ooh, Liverpool want me. Well, that's my dream right there. That that's was my the boyhood dream. club. That was boyhood club. Ooh, yeah. I'm going that to That went well for him, didn't it? Yeah. What a numpty. Oh, but I and loved anyway. him. I love him. Oh, loved I him. Still, loved him a bit. I still want football manager sign him as my assistant manager. Yeah, you're weird for that in football manager. Apologies for anyone who's never played this game. Championship manager, football manager, just for a moment. You don't go by stats. You're literally like, okay, I need Teddy Sheridan, I need Robbie Keane, I need Les Ferdinand. And there I am playing freaking Moneyball, like checking the stats to make sure everything works. So I've got the football manager 23, I've started playing that again. Oh, you Um, have? I started playing it again. I loaded it up the other day to see kind of what I had there. My under twenty three coaching staff, yeah, is Van der Vaart is the manager. Wow. Okay. Stefan Freud is the assistant manager. Wow, those two would Teddy, never work together. Yeah. No, Teddy Sheringham and Jermaine Defoe are the, the attacking oh, coaches. God. Michael so Dawson good. is the defensive coach. Yeah. <laughs> I've basically just gone through who are all the players I loved at Spurs. Oh, I'll give you a job. Oh, I'll give you a job. <sighs> Anyway, back back to reality. Back yeah. back to back to the real world. So we have signed someone. It is a loan deal. Um, there is an option for us to make the deal permanent. So if this guy blows everybody away, Kulusevski style, um, we want to. I think it's about thirty million euros. Um, so that's Not about right. twenty-seven million, I think, in sterling. That's off the top of my head. Please don't qu- quote me on that. Um. Which isn't bad in modern football, really. You know, for a good attacking player. Um, I think he's 25. Um, yeah, he's not old, is he? It'd be interesting if he gets mixed. Like, for me, like on a personal... Like, so he's come out and said, you know, oh, once Spurs put the bid in, it was a no-brainer. Yeah. Right? Come out. And I'm yeah. like, now, that all depends. When you say no-brainer, because if he had gone to Everton, yeah. you can almost guarantee he's starting every week. Uh, yes. And he's playing um, 60 to 70 minutes... Every match he's playing because they haven't got that attacking force at the moment. He comes to Spurs and it's like, oh, okay. The one thing I'd say is if you're a professional football player at this level, you have got to back yourself to be better than the other guy. Like, I think the only position... (laughs) No, but what I mean is he's got to look at Tottenham right now and go, I can be better than Sonny. I can show in training, I can show on the pitch better than the form he's in. And I I think, possibly, that happening will kick Sonny back in as well, which would be wonderful for us. (laughs) Gotcha. But... You, I think you have to... The only position in professional football where I don't think they have that mentality is third-choice goalkeepers. Where I genuinely think if you are classed as homegrown and you've got Premier League experience, you are basically in the cushiest freaking job in the history of all sports. Just ask like You're being buttons. signed to, to go and like literally sit on a bench... At Man City or Man United to help with the squad rules, collect forty to fifty grand a week to go and train. Was and it just Scott live Carson a couple life. of years ago? It's Scott Carson and Tom Eaton, yeah. and now Jack Butland is sitting at Man yeah. United going. Yeah, Jack Butland's now at Man United, just wondering how the fucking hell that's happened to him. He's he a Bristolian. He's from my neck of the woods. Yeah, he turns up every day for training, and then on match days. He gets to sit in the comfy leather seats because he's not actually on the bench, yeah. watch a game of football, and then go back home and go training. Yeah. For fifty-five grand a week. Yeah. <laughs> Where did I, I mean, go wrong? Well, yeah, we, we yeah, I think we drank too much. <laughs> I think yeah. Based on based on physiques, I'm putting it down to that. <laughs> um, yeah. The drinking and the kebab on the way home apparently isn't elite sport. Whatever. <laughs> yeah. Um. So we have signed a player. It is a loan deal now. The other b- signing that we are reportedly very close to completing is a right wing back. Um. Uh, and and do you know the name of this gentleman? Poro. Who? Poro. 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 
Poro. Pedro Poro. Poro. Yeah. He plays for Sport in Lisbon, so uh, we've seen him rip us a new one on a couple of occasions this season already. And he and he did, by the way. Yeah. <laughs> he yeah. really did. Um, he is what I would class as an Antonio Conte wingback. He is a good defender. He is very explosive. He is a very confident player. Uh, good delivery of the ball. He is the player that you would imagine if you've got Conte as manager and he's playing his system, he's the guy you need. Um, yeah. So here, here's my kind of query to you on this. At the start of this transfer window, we he was our top target. It, you know, there's no denying that. That's that's out there. And we went to Sporting Lisbon, and Sporting Lisbon went. We don't really want to lose him in this window. But he does have a release clause. So yep. you can pay the release clause or we'll do a deal with you in the summer for less, but we don't want him to leave. Mm-hmm. It is taken until, well, it's the 26th as we record this and the deal's not done, by the way. They're yeah. still locked in talks. With the latest rumour being apparently they want to keep him for the FC Porto game this weekend. Now, I don't know about anybody else but if we do a deal where we're like, yeah, okay, he can play that game, then he signs for us, you everyone knows he's going to oh, break his no. leg, don't they? Yeah, I mean, that's, that, that like would be the most spursy <laughs> thing in the history of the world. But that aside, <laughs> I, 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 got, I, I kind of talked about this a little bit on the podcast last week, which is the thing about release clauses is you have to do it in one go. So yep. you like every other transfer is done in installments. That's, that's how it's done, and that's how it's monetized. That's how it's done for all transfers. You don't ever get a club rock up and go, here you go, I'll just park the truck of 100 million. In your... Well, maybe Roman Abramovich used to do that, but technically you don't get that typically in football. So a release clause, you do need to do that. You do need to go, what? There's the whole wad in one go. Yep. So the negotiation the whole time has been basically, look, we can't do that, but the player wants to join us this window. We want in this window what can we do what can we negotiate with now i'm going to be really intrigued if we do do this deal i'm going to be really intrigued to see what is in it because there's been rumors about players going the other way but the other rumor is that we've used the 50 percent clause we have for marcus edwards as part of the negotiation basically like we will wipe that if you know you're willing to do this deal now etc etc so when when and if this deal gets done, I'm going to find it really intriguing to see what it was. There is a report today that we've actually reached an agreement for us to do basically the release clause. Way! Now, if that is the case... 26 days. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I, 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 it can't be. It's got to be that we've done a deal for the same money, but in instalment. I'm just kind of like, it, it eats me. Now, the player is apparently really pushed, and the player was left on the bench for the last game because he is pushing to leave. Yep. So the player wants us, we want him. So there's Sporting Lisbon. But I'll tell you the story that I find really fascinating. Have you seen who Sporting Lisbon are trying to sign to replace him? No. Tariq Lamptey from Brighton. Oh, oh! See, there's a player I loved, but he he's gone comp- since his injury. He's gone he cold, is not yeah. the same player. He doesn't have the same dynamism, and he doesn't is defending. He's like concentrations all over the place. That kid was a sixty to eighty million pound player two seasons ago. Now it looks like he's going to go on loan to Sporting Lisbon for the rest of the season. It's crazy, isn't it? It is. It is crazy. I mean, it's not quite the Deli Alley fall off, but still, it's it's kind of crazy. No. See, you said about Marcus Edwards. Yeah. I, I still want him back. I, I still haven't I... watched him play against us, and I'm like... Yeah. He, he is magic, and has always been magic. The thing that I think will hinder that is I genuinely believe when he left, there were bridges burned... Possibly not just burned. I felt there were grenades thrown. Yeah. Um. So I I don't know. Um. 
I really don't I'm know. I'm sure 85 grand a week can fix a couple of bridges. Yeah, you're not wrong. Um, he he isn't a Conte player though, man. Like, oh no. I tell you, I tell you, like I know this has been talked to death, right? You know the Pochettino return and all that stuff. But under the Pochettino system, you know the four-two-three-one, he is very much a Pochettino player in that. Yeah. And he's got it about him now, where he would. I mean, he's always been fearless. But, you know, he's, the kid's played in the Champions League now, you know? He's played top yep. flight football in Portugal. He's played in the Champions League. He is, without a shadow of a doubt, a genuine goal threat from every angle. Athletic, and his low centre of gravity just makes him a monumental pain in the ass to stop. It reminds me of, like, a, a mini Missy. Oh, very good. That's what Potch <laughs> called him, yeah. Um, so, yeah, you, you just kind of look at that and you think that could be a lot of fun. He's classed as homegrown. The kid's literally from Enfield. So, yep. yeah, I don't know. It, it, to me, it would be a no-brainer to bring him back in the summer um, because Lucas Moura's leaving. Let's say this guy's loan ends, we don't sign him, and you bring Edwards in to fill that role, then you're replacing foreign players with a homegrown player. Yep. who is a genuine f- starter for the first 11. But, of course, it all depends who's in charge. Um, Very which, true. Um, so, moving on from that to Fabio Paratici for a moment. Um, yeah. Paratici is banned from all footballing activities in in Italy, um, having been found guilty of false accounting with Juventus. Juventus Not are lodging... Uh, Juventus are lodging an appeal, mm-hmm. so that's kind of slowing that down a little bit, and possibly why Tottenham aren't, you know, firing him or making any announcements right now. It's, also, the whole the appeal middle. thing makes me laugh. Yeah, like, there's so much like the entire board of directors at Juventus all quit and walked away yeah. when they found out they were being investigated. Now that alone yeah. sent some alarm bells ringing, surely. Well, <laughs> I'm not saying we're guilty, but we're all quitting. Bye. <laughs> yeah. To be honest with you, this is a kind of scratch the surface, you need to be a bit careful thing because Italian football uh, is corrupt and has been for a long time. And Italian football is finally, after a long time, got itself back on the map. You've got some very good sides in Italy again now, not just Juventus. Yep. Both Milan sides are decent. Roma, Napoli, they've got some good players. Napoli in are winning the league clubs. at the moment, yeah. Exactly. So you've got a real league developing there again for the first time probably since the 90s. Mm-hmm. Um, they <laughs> Juventus have been caught. I fear if they scratch the surface with all of the clubs, they're going to find they all did the same thing. Because a lot of these transfers and inter-deals that were like loans and then transfer fees and stuff were between Italian clubs. You know, the QT Romero deal. Romero, was at- Atalanta to Juventus, yeah. whatever it was. Yeah, yeah he was... He was uh, Bologna to Juventus, loaned to Atalanta. Atalanta had an option to sign him, which they executed on the day they sold him to us. So they literally took their option and then sold him to us for a profit in one day. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> Juventus got paid more than they should have done for him. Atlanta yeah. got paid even more than that. Yeah. And Tottenham have got a player who... Yeah, it's not yeah. okay. Yeah, and and it was all and Palatucci did the whole thing. Yeah, so yeah. look, I'll tell you one thing I saw, which is kind of interesting. There's this rumor flying around that Romero, Kulisevsky, and um, Bentoncourt could end up seeing themselves banned because of all of this. That, that's actually a nonsense. All of the investigations of the clubs, the, the players, there's a thing about the players' false accounting where they said during COVID they were taking less money when they weren't. Again, that's not on the players, that's down to the clubs. If the clubs have reported that and it's not true, that's on the club, not the individual players. So all of these accounts that are sharing this story from some buckeye journalist it has been shot down by a lot of people who are far smarter than me 
So if you've seen that and you were wondering about it, you can you can ignore it. The other crazy ass rumor I keep seeing is that Kulisevsky is going back to Juventus. He's not. Um, yes, it's technically a loan deal, and we've got to exercise the option in the summer. But uh, why wouldn't we? You know, it, it's it's the idea that we don't exercise the options ridiculous. Um, yeah. So. Oh, you're one yeah. of our best players. No, please go back to the other club. Yeah, please, please go back to Juventus. No, you've only spoken about how much you love our club and how much you love being here. But no, it's fine. Go yeah. Away. People are mental. Um, speaking of people being mental, uh, we're going to move across the social media now. Um, no jingles or anything, I'm afraid. But on uh, the Good Ship Instagram. Uh, the Island Brother. I apologise. I love playing your theme, but I don't have it. Um, there you go. Stefan bought the theme in. Hey guys, it always does my head in when people comment about doing the obvious and act like it was some profound move. Did Conte and the team not play these last few games? Why was a meeting necessary to realise that defence has been caca? Anyway, my question is this. Do you guys believe the Kane will sign rumours? I don't. Hope all is well and come on you Spurs. I mean, firstly, mm. great point. Yeah, why was a team meeting needed to yeah. be held when surely just in training someone turned around after someone made a good tackle and went, fucking hell, can't you do that on a Saturday? Yeah. <laughs> because I know, I... I play for a veterans team and we have like training once a month, maybe, because yeah. we're all old and fat and... And in our veterans team, I know for a fact that if I've had a bad game in front of goal, and then I score a goal yeah. in training, yeah. I get the crap ripped out of me in training for, oh, can't do that on the weekend. Yeah. You're telling me that uh, in a professional way, they're not ripping each other for not knowing how to defend a throw-in. I... Like, oh God, don't get like, started on our defending. I... I am a bit... <laughs> this is funny. From my Hugo, world, you my... put your gloves on. Remember them at the weekend, eh? Ah, don't know. You know? Yeah, again. That's, Surely that's not... those jokes are being made without a team meeting being needed. I I, I, I don't know that they are at that level. I, I gotta be honest. Well, um, but Fraser, do you know what those three white things are? What the posts and crossbar? Yeah. yeah. Great. You can start in front of Hugo this week. You know what that thing is. Well done. Yeah. <laughs> you know? No. See, I don't. I don't see it. Uh, but the thing I'd say is, I I kind of get it from the point of view like. I am not a big fan of meetings. Like I have that expression, meetings are where minutes are taken and hours are wasted. Um, I, I've worked in amongst banking sectors and stuff like that, where they basically hold a meeting to arrange next week's meeting. You know, it, it kind of <laughs> does your yeah. head in, and and you're kind of forced to go to them because if you don't, you're seen as some sort of oh, think you're too good for our meeting, do you? Like, yes, actually, I'm busy. Um, but but the one thing I would say is there are times where it's productive and what I mean by that is there are times where I want to get my sales team together I want to get a team of the administrator everyone together because they all need to hear the same message they need to hear my tone of voice if that makes sense they all need to hear it at the same time and sometimes they need to hear each other's voice you know sometimes it needs to be a discussion other times it needs to shut the hell up and listen to me but they can be productive, is why they exist. When it comes to the team having this meeting, I think I think one of the things that's really easy to overlook is Conte's emotional state for the last few weeks. You only gotta to listen to what Harry Kane said about the fact we need to be there for him. And you only gotta look at the way he is on the touchline, the way he's carrying himself in interviews to see that the guy's actually really struggling. He's lost three of his closest friends in football in the last three months. One of them worked with him day-to-day at the club, and all of the players have lost as well and are probably still rattled by. The club haven't replaced him, by the way, as well, which is probably just due to the awkwardness of that conversation. But we are a fitness coach light since, and he, he was clearly someone who they all loved and respected. And of all the fitness coaches to be down by, he was a hell of a character. And, he was. You know? He was phenomenal. Um, and so, and Conte's family still living it. He's living in a hotel still. This, this is gonna, this is gonna take its toll. And oh, yeah. sometimes a meeting like this isn't a case of you're all shit. Why can't you defend? It's actually a kind of, come on, guys, we're in this together, aren't we? 
aren't we all you know aren't we a team aren't we Tottenham and and just let everyone look around each other and go yeah we are we are you know just just a it doesn't need to be a shouting man it doesn't need to be a gobble shit Conte said he literally just said to the team he's like we've conceded 21 goals in our last 10 games that's not us you know what's going on guys you know and everyone's kind of looked at each other and he's you know he's right and he's like you know black to basics yeah, this is a fresh start. What we're gonna do is we're gonna treat this as new season. This is this season two point We've got halfway through and we're fifth, so we've got all of these games ahead of us. We've still got every chance of being in the top four. We are still in the FA Cup, a competition we want to win, and we are still in the Champions League, a competition we want to push as far as we possibly can into. Mm-hmm. And so our season could still end up being a phenomenal success. So that kind of meeting, when the atmosphere around the club is so drab, you know, that you see, the players are getting supported. You've got to look at the game against Fulham the other day. We won that game 1-0. We still didn't play great, but we won the game 1-0. Our fans, the away fans, were phenomenal. Start to finish, you could hear them. But the singing of support for the team was constantly interlaced with Levy out, Enoch out, because that's where the fan base is at the moment. Yep. All the players driving to Hotspur Way the other day were about to have driven through the protest that was there. So all of them are acutely aware of the tension and the, the fan base and the anger and the feeling of, you know, all of them. You know, Remember when we watched that series on Amazon, you know, the one you starred in, all the players remember. are sat eating breakfast with Sky Sports News on. What a giant Spurs screen. Fan, yeah. Yeah, any Spurs fan knows the talking heads on that for weeks have been Conte's leaving, Harry Kane's going to Man United. Yep. And so like that alone, that's got to be so awkward, isn't it? Yeah. Like, I remember in the show when they were talking about, was it Ericsson when he was leaving? Ericsson, yeah. And they've got it on the screen talking about it. And people are like, so, yeah. come on then. What's the what's yeah. the truth behind this then? Oh, don't know. Yeah. Oh, oh, oh. That's gonna yeah. drive. If people are now turning around to Harry, going for sake, yeah. Harry, not this again. Yeah. Come on, another Manchester yeah. club. Really, you're gonna do this to yeah. us again? Come on. Yeah, we got another summer of this crap, do we, mate? Yeah, it just it, it's it's a weird thing. It's a really weird thing. But stuff like that is gonna get ahead. So having a meeting to go, shake all this crap off. Like we've done half a season. This is where we are. We go from here. We start here and we go as we mean to go on. And the, you listen to them talk now. It's like one game, clean sheet, three points. Now we build on that. And and that's kind of the mentality. And if they can do that, then we've got every opportunity to still finish this season as a success. Because yeah. at the moment, we've not played well all year, really. But we are still fifth. And we were saying all that we message each other far too much about Tottenham. Um, even when we say we're not talking about Tottenham because they pissed us off, we still talk about Tottenham. Yeah. And yeah. we were saying about yeah. you know Conte and his interviews. Yeah. Conte up to the last, he just looked. We were saying he looks done. He looks yeah. like he's ready yeah. to turn yeah. around to Daniel and go, "Nah, yeah. do you know what? Screw this. I'm done. I'm yeah. out." And it was only then when we kind of like you've been just been saying like you dig a bit deeper and actually, yeah, yeah. he's just lost three very close friends. Yeah. At a time where you would turn and have your family to support you. Yeah, they're not Oh, there. they're in Italy because yeah. his daughter's finishing her final year of education. Yep. So that he's not got his family around him. It's like, no. God, can you imagine three of your good friends dying and you're and just you're sat your in a hotel room. Yeah. Go to yeah. work, go home, sit in a hotel room, go to work. And I'm like, yeah. that's going to do you in. Yeah. Like, no matter time, who then. you are, that's going to do you in without that support. It is. It is. And, um... So, yeah, I, I think we covered that. Uh, Jake Bennett emailed in, and Jake says, My question for the podcast is, has there been any interest in the naming rights for the stadium? We seem to have interest a while ago, but it's all gone quiet. Um, is it due to the current financial combat? There, there are a lot of factors to this, because <laughs> a while ago, I was told by someone who I trust, like with stadium stuff, this person got everything right he's ever told me he told me 
the day the planning permission was going to come through, he told me all the details of it, and then about three weeks later, it was announced. He told me about the NFL deal about three months before it happened. This just by chance is someone I went to school with who happens to be part of a team that's involved with the stadium. And he said to me, some time ago now, oh yeah, yeah, it's done. You know, it's done. Um, but there's like a, a package of it, which the club is waiting on to put together to finalise it and then announce it. They don't want to do it mid-season, so it's likely to happen in the summer. Um, so it's, it's a weird thing because, like like that message just said, it has gone silent. Yeah. There's no rumours. There's no, like, it wasn't that long ago, all of a sudden, Google or, you know, everyone was going to be calling it the Google Arena or whatever. But Yeah, I, I was only chuckling a second ago because even I never got a reply. I, uh, me and my wife own a business, and we just sent an email just seeing what the uh, yeah. what the sort of structure would be behind potentially buying the name and rights. Don't yeah. get me wrong, our company couldn't afford it. <laughs> we got three no. bobbleheads of and a couple of other things, but I, and I didn't even get a reply back. I don't believe it. Well, that's rude. I know. That's rude. I actually know the guy in charge. I don't know the guy, but we follow each other on Twitter. I'll send him a direct message. No way. Hey, yeah, jackass. I... Yeah, his <laughs> name's Todd. He's an American guy. Um. So, over on Facebook, Ricky Warsworth said, Shall we set up a GoFundMe page so we can sign some players? Don't even joke about that, Ricky. Daniel Levy would genuinely rip the club to do that. 60,000 fans, you all put in a tenner each. We can afford the wages this month. Wee. I, I made a joke to you, didn't I, about doing a GoFundMe to start an AFC Tottenham? Yeah. <laughs> yeah um, if things if things go back to... Yeah, I'm up for that. Uh, Matthew Fleming says, "Hope the two of you are well." I think he means Matt. I don't think he means you. He knows. Um, glad we got a podcast after a win. Yes, we did. We won one nil. Um, now Everton, Man United, and Liverpool are all publicly up for sale. Will this make a potential Spurs sale more or less likely? It's a lot less likely, I'm mm. afraid. Yeah. Um, Man United and Liverpool, um, brand wise, are that much bigger than us, and Everton's much more affordable than us. Um, they've got the someone buying Everton right now has the opportunity to rebuild that club. Um, I think they're on the market for about seven hundred and fifty million. And they've got the planning permission. Yeah, they've got the planning permission for the new stadium. You would. The one thing I'd say is, if I was looking at Everton right now, I'd sit back and take the chance on them going down. They go down, you're gonna. You could easily knock two hundred and fifty million off that asking price. And yeah. you could walk in and, you know, be the king that resurrects the great club back to the Premier League, new stadium, wallop, all the emphasis in the world. However, that's that's just my thinking financially. I mean, as an Everton fan right now, I don't know how I'd be feeling. Um, Liverpool, Man United. Man United apparently are very close. That deal's very close. Like, uh, they're basically waiting for the new tax year before they announce that. Um, but... Apparently that's done. Um, someone, someone's put in a, a hell of an offer for. Is that Radcliffe? Is it him who's done it? Uh, I, I honestly don't know. I, um, the the guy who I follow on Twitter for like the financial stuff. Um, he he put out there that it looked like it was completely done because you can tell by the way the reporting on it's changed. Liverpool, mm-hmm. I don't think there's anything happening at the moment. Um, sorry, apologies. That's my phone telling me to do something. Um. <laughs> So yeah, it's a yeah, it's it's a weird one. But the thing is, Tottenham aren't for sale um, officially. But at the same time, someone comes along and says, "Right, you know, what do you want for us, or what do you want?" I, I don't think we wouldn't be sold if that makes sense. Yeah. Um, yeah, it's 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 a weird one, like I said, but. Okay, let's go back to the next question. Who's next? Steve Alcock says, When are Enoch and Levy selling the club? Hopefully soon. <laughs> asked and answered, Steve. Um, Grace Mapadi says, James Madison? Question mark. No, I am Sam, but thank you for asking. I wish. Uh, F- Franklin Langat says, Can we change Larice, please? In the summer, that is a priority for the club. Can I ask what you'd um, like to change him to? Uh, I think he'd like to change him into Jan Oblak. <laughs> That'd be nice. I'll take that. Yeah. yeah, yeah. And the last one is from someone called 
Peter's Condition Conditions. That can't be your real name. That's got to be a business name or something, Sean. Peter Conditions Conditions says Edward's deal or Tottenham's 50% sell-on clause on him, how are they going to utilise it? We kind of already mentioned that about Pedro Porro and whether that could be part of that, us giving it up. Yeah. Or, if that isn't included in it, I fully expect us to try and make a move in the summer because there are a few Premier League teams who are interested in him and whether we move back in or take 50% of work. Because if you're selling an English homegrown qualified player to an English club That's and you're sporting Lisbon and you've got to pay 50% of the fee away, you are going to demand a high fee. He ain't going anywhere cheap. Apart no. from possibly to us. Or apart from us, yeah. I mean, I think his release clause is 60 million euros. So he would cost us 30 million euros to sign him back. It's not bad, um, is it? And we're going to get 30 million euros from any club that tries to buy him. So, exactly, yeah. Not bad. Yeah, it's... It's, it's an interesting one. That signs the new guy. In. Yeah. It does, yeah, it does, yeah. Um, okay, so that is all the questions. Thank you to everybody who sent one in. Apologies there's no fancy music or anything this week. It's, as I said, it's a bit of a scratch show. Um, me and Stefan have basically just waffled like crazy people. Uh, but it's been fun, I think. I hope um, you all enjoyed it. See, this is my only problem with doing this podcast with you. Yeah, is that I listen to this podcast myself. I don't listen to it when I'm on it because I know what happens. No. I've no, lost sorry. the podcast to listen to now. You have. You have. You well, But you get to live it. Isn't this that is fun? true. And you and Matt do it. It's so, like, structured. I've come along. We spent yeah. the first 10 minutes talking about Sherwood and ABB. We and didn't even mention the now. fact that Royale actually played okay against Fulham. Now, I want to ask you this, okay? Yep. Did Emerson Royale have a good game against Fulham, or are our collective expectations of him so low now, the fact he didn't trip over his own feet, do a foul throw, fall over, you know, did we all just go, yay, he was good? You know, like that season Sissoko suddenly started playing <laughs> yeah. well. He ran round someone, it's the next yeah. mile. I know, and we were all like... Wow, and then we started really getting behind him, and all of a sudden he actually looked like he, a proper football player, and then that stupid handball got given against him in the Champions League final, and it broke him again. Yeah, never recovered. Um, no, 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 he didn't. He's been relegated two out of three awful. seasons since then, or something stupid. Yeah, that was a friggin' awful decision. But I, I, I kind of look at it, and I'm like, he did all right, but... I'm still, he's still not the player he needs no. to be or we need. It, to it's do. kind of like we've got to the stage of he has a semi decent defensive performance and puts in a cross. Yeah. Is now the yeah. same as us congratulating Hugo Lloris for not giving away an own goal. Like, Ugh. it's what you expect a fullback to do defend well and be an attacking threat. We, we yeah. shouldn't be praising him for making a tackle and putting no. a cross in. However, no, we all don't... praise Hugo for not throwing a goal away against Fulham. So it's a very difficult time we live in right now. It's a weird, like like you said, it's a it's a strange time right now. But uh, that is our show. We're we're gonna call it there because otherwise, me and him could ramble on for another hour, and I don't think anyone wants that. <laughs> um, so next week there will be a structure. I promise. Oh, uh, <laughs> maybe I don't know. I can't guarantee that. We got the FA Cup coming up against Preston, and I've got to be honest with you. If we get knocked out of the cup at Preston, I might just be so demoralised there might not be a show. Oh, God. Uh, but, but something else I'm going to say as well, we are fast approaching the 200th episode of Spurs News. And we have a crazy-ass tradition every 50 episodes where we have a feature called Kids Talk, where me, Matt, and now your kids as well all have something to say on, on the show. <laughs> oh, no. My... Yeah, you know my my children. So I have two stepchildren, which I love as my own. Yeah. Apart from the fact their dad is a Arsenal fan, so therefore they yeah. wind me up because oh, they'll wait for me to stand up at the dinner table. One of them will go, "Stand up if you ain't Tottenham." <laughs> you stood up, even yeah. though they've watched. So, so kid talk with them 
might not go. And yeah. the other one is six weeks old today as of recording. So yeah, we we may we may just have a baby blowing bubbles for you I've on that her, one. Then I've got a Tottenham onesie for like Tottenham baby blow. Yeah. She's thrown up on it twice and yeah. thrown up on three separate Spurs shirts that I've been wearing. So clearly awesome. a United fan. No, well, clearly <laughs> she loves the club. I mean that's. You gotta really love something to tag it like that. You every know, shirt, like, every shirt I put on yeah. around that she's thrown up on. I'm starting to take it a bit more personal now. Yeah, I would. Yeah. Uh, but look, that's our show. Massive thank you to everybody for listening. Uh, we will be back next week. It'll be me and Stefan again. We will try and be a bit more structured, I promise. But until then, everybody, you all take care. And say goodbye to the lovely Tottenham fans, my friend. Goodbye, lovely Tottenham fans, unlovely Tottenham fans, and come on, you Spurs. Thank you for listening to the Spurs News Podcast. We hope that you enjoyed the show. Stay up to date with all things Tottenham. Follow us on social media. All links are in the podcast description.